Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing on Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. Thanks for tuning back in. This is going to be episode number 26. Joining me today is going to be driver of the number 48 Thunder Bomber. He's from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Mr. Hunter Thunderbird will be joining me on the show. He has won multiple races this year across Cherokee Speedway and Carolina Speedway. He's also running the Thunder Bomber Shootout Series, which is just all around the South Carolina area mostly. They go to North Carolina to finish off the year at Charlotte, but talk to him, learn a little bit more about that and uh, his racing career, uh, uh, how he feels about his success so far, type of cars he'd like to get in, type of uh, different tracks he'd want to go to, and uh, just how everything's going. It was really nice to learn a little bit more about him and can't wait to see him at the track down the road. And then after that, we're going to be talking to my buddy, Michael. Uh, he is going to be covering the historic 100 for me this weekend at West Virginia Motor Speedway. He's going to be covering Lucas Oil Late Models as best he can for me. And he's also going to be covering the SEDRA front wheel drives around for 12000 to win with the Northeast Division. Uh, good to talk to him. I'm going to learn him up a little bit on some bang bangers, let him know what's happening. And if you missed it, on Tuesday night, I released an episode with Kyle Jinx of Front Wheel Drive Friday. Uh, he's a supporter of the show, and I appreciate him. And he came on, talked about the SEDRA this season so far, himself getting back in the car. And he also talked about, uh, previewed West Virginia a little bit for the Front Wheel Drives. And I appreciate him coming on. Go check out that episode if you missed it already. And uh Shout out to Kyle, as always, Front Wheel Drive Friday. Facebook had an episode with John Wyndham and episode before that with Andrew Smith, two of the top guys in Front Wheel Drive racing, especially here in the Southeast. But yeah, let's get into the episode with Hunter. Don't forget to go to reaperapparelcompany.com, find yourself something, use the code DOOMWICH for 10% off. And also go in the DOOMWICH store, find yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, all types of stuff you can find. Uh, you can still use the code RAINY from like two months ago to be able to get some uh, discounts on there for it. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy me calling up Hunter on the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline. Joining me today, he is one of the hot shots of the Thunder Bomber division in the Carolinas. He has multiple wins this year at Cherokee, Carolina, and a few other places from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Hunter Funderburg, how you doing? Good, sir. Yourself? Awesome. So we were uh, just talking a little bit before this. You're going to be uh, coming a little bit down my way to Sumter Speedway for that shootout series. Uh, just talk a little bit about that, what tracks you guys been to so far this year, and uh, how last week go at Carolina. Yeah, we um, so far this year with the shootout series, we ran uh, four of, I think, 14 or 15 races that we have scheduled. Um, so far, we've been to Lancaster, Cherokee, uh, Carolina, and it's been going pretty good up until this past Friday. We were in the lead of the points by by one, and um, had that had a few little mishaps go on and burned up a couple spark plug wires and ended up finishing fifth that night and probably rounded up about second in points now. Um, but we got ten races to go. A lot a lot can happen. Um, so we're just looking forward to see how the rest of the year goes in that aspect. How far does that uh, season go to? Does that go through the whole year and end like probably October, November, like everything else, or does it end a little early? It does. Um, we had our first shootout race back in March at uh, Lancaster, and the last one actually ends at the dirt track in Charlotte for the World Short Track Championship. Oh, okay, that's awesome. They got that a part of the huge weekend there. I'll, I'll definitely be up there in November, or late October. But, yeah, it seems like you've had a great season so far. Picked up a couple of wins at Carolina, a couple of wins at Cherokee, and uh, 
maybe a couple plays other. Uh, how, is, how has the season been just so far? How's the car been running? Oh, it's been running great. Um, you know, last year we we were fortunate enough to pick up 16 wins and at uh, three three different tracks, a um, bunch of big ones, a lot of uh, big name races and memorial races and all that stuff. And to be back where we were at this point last year, I think a memory popped up on my Facebook uh, last week that I had gotten win number eight at the same time last year. That's so it's like we're pretty on track to hopefully do the same thing this year i told my girlfriend that all i want to do is just beat my win record from last year that's all that's all i really want to do i don't i don't care how i get it or you know where it comes from if there's only three or four cars there that's all i want to do wins a win away yeah you get to tied with last year and you just start cherry picking what race might not have as much and just go to it a lot of a lot of my buddies uh they picked on me about that but you know i tell them like somebody told me one time, everybody's invited to come to the same racetrack. Yeah, you know it's out there for everybody to come. It's up to them whether they show up or not. But I know I'll be there. Exactly. A lot of there's a couple of tracks that are kind of like that these days, just based off of when they run their races and stuff like that. And one of those is Carolina. It's just hard for some people to get there on Fridays, based off of uh, where a lot of the guys are located and working on Fridays and that type of stuff. How's Carolina been so far this year? It's been good. Um, we actually had the biggest car count this past weekend. Um, I think there's like 17 of them there. That's a and at, at one point, the race I actually had to go to the back of that 17 car field. Mm. And I haven't, I haven't raced with uh, some of them people before, and it was a little rough back there. Unlike um, Gaffney a few weeks ago, I had to go back to 18th on the first lap and ended up third in that one. And came back through the field without a scratch, but Carolina was a totally different story. What would you say is one of your uh, favorite tracks to get around here in the Carolinas that you frequent uh, or don't frequent as much? Uh, Cherokee would have to be like one of the most fun tracks to race. Uh, at Carolina and Lancaster, you know, some other places, you don't really have two to three brews of racing. A lot of people don't like Cherokee, but for me, it's it's always been a good track, and just like I mentioned, have to go to 18th and finish in third. People say Cherokee's a one-groove track, whether it's on the bottom or on the top, but, I mean, we were in the bottom, middle, top that night, you know. So as far as raciness and actually having fun, it would have to be Cherokee. You're, you're right about Cherokee this year. I was talking with uh, Will from Cherokee. He does all their social media and stuff. Uh, he was saying – he was saying how much work they've been putting in this year, and there was some stuff saying by some big people in the dirt racing community really just trashing the track earlier this year. And then he really put a highlight like on his podcast and on their uh, Facebook and Instagram stuff, really showing the work they put in. They brought in Chad Wilson to be their uh, full-time uh, crew and uh, track guy be able to work on that uh property manager i think his title is one something like that but it seems like they're really putting in the time and the effort to really make it and bring it back to what it used to be and this past thursday night the throwback 50 you guys were there uh, i believe you picked up the win is that right no we actually ended up finishing third ah. or fourth uh, me and madison actually had a great oh, yeah, great madison race got it. Heat race and first lap I slid him going into one and he crossed me over and I crossed him back over in three, but the cautions every time that we'd start running really good together, a caution would come out. And, and then once it went single file, I just, 
we kind of missed the setup for the heat race and if i didn't get out front it wasn't wasn't nothing i could do and there but we ended up finishing i think third in the main is that uh when you're talking about having to go back to 18th earlier or was that another race that was at the shootout race at, uh okay. Cherokee, maybe it was early april i think okay. um but there was, yeah, a total of 18 cars, first lap. They do that little redraw thing, and it, it put a the fifth-place qualifier on the pole, and um, I think he just overdrove it into one a little bit. And, you know, when somebody loses it in front of you and you got 17 cars behind you, it's uh, hard not to get hit. So we had to come in and get a bent rim changed and went back out there and just started picking them off here and there. And I actually went three right three, – mm, three wide with rod and and uh i think it was madison up there racing and on one of the restarts so we we actually got back up contending for the contending for the lead it just just wasn't our night that night uh last thursday night i wanted to stay for y'all's feature and the extreme four feature but it just got so late and i had to get back to columbia to work friday morning especially how long that late mall feature is that that felt like a hunter lapper <laughs> With all the wrecks and reds they had, that, that was a crazy race overall. I was talking about that in the episode uh, came out on Tuesday, but yeah, I it's, if I didn't have anywhere to be the next day, I would have I would have stayed there the whole time. But uh, I, it's hard for me to get in Cherokee. It's just so far out of the way sometimes, especially on a work night. But uh, I enjoy Cherokee a lot. I really think they're doing a lot of good stuff. It's easy for me to get to Lancaster or uh, Gast uh, Gastonia for Carolina every once in a while, but. Like I said, them, them uh, 5 o'clock traffic's are hard to get through. Sometimes on, on the weeknights, get up to the track, and just sometimes I'm like, I'm like yeah, maybe I'll try to push for Carolina this uh, uh, after I get off of work, and then I'm just like, I'll go somewhere tomorrow. <laughs> but I, yeah. I enjoy Carolina. Uh, yeah, how, we're, uh, we're, how is the track usually? And enough to um, live, I think it's GPS-wise, it's like 17 minutes from Carolina. 35 to Gaffney, 50 to Lancaster, and it's about an hour and a half each to Lawrence and TR. So mm. within an hour and a half, we have five tracks that we can go to any any given weekend. That's nice. So. I uh, My closest, like I no, said, told you a minute ago, was Sumter, which is about 45. And after that, it's like hour five to Lawrence and Lancaster, and then... TR is actually about two and a half to me, and just how far it is on the other side of Greenville. Cherokee's about an hour forty-five. Same thing for uh, for Carolina. <laughs> I just I, I got I just know when I'm heading to the track, I'm making some sort of ride going. So, but yeah. I enjoy it. And if you really enjoy these races, you go. It, do, it doesn't matter how far you're going to go for them. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's us for something. Uh, here I can't. It's sometime in I think it's like July 29th We come there. But it's, I think, two hours and 32 minutes from my house. Mm. What's the furthest so you've ever gone for a race? The furthest that I've actually ever raced was um, TR and Lawrence is tied. Ah. Uh, but I have, I've been to, like, watch as far as Volusia um, and Livonia would be the closest or the furthest away places that I've actually been to to watch a race i don't really get to travel as much and watch races as i used to once i started racing actually 
life stuff gets busy, especially when you have that car to work on to be able to be able to race your uh, local weekly shows around Carolina, especially with you doing the shootout series this year. And I understand it's hard to get out there just to be a fan, be able to enjoy it outside the car. Uh, speaking of being inside the car, is there any like big dream tracks that you'd want to eventually be able to make it out with your Thunder Bomber someday? Um, I would like to travel a little bit more because um, besides Sumter and probably Lakeview, that's the only two localish tracks that I haven't been to. Um, but Charlotte was a was a dream of mine to run at and we got to run there last October and sat on the pole of that race, led the first 12 laps. And then the motor started giving up on us and ended up finishing fifth up there. So I'm, I'm ready to get back up there and, and try to get some redemption. Any like big dream tracks, like everybody looks up and like thinks of like the Eldoras or the Fairberries or there. any like weird ones like that. You just seen like on TV or something you'd want to be able to race at one day. With with the Thunder Bomber, uh, it doesn't have to be with the Thunder Bomber. It does. It doesn't have to be with the Thunder yeah, Bomber. It could be the, any oh. car. You could just jump in any car at whichever mm. track you pick. Fairberry looks like a cool track because they got the bottom rolling, the high side. Um, so I'd have to say Fairberry if I could go in any. That or Eldora is the two choices people always pick. And I like. But anybody that picks Eldora, I'm like, okay, give me another one. And then they pick Fairbury. And now I'm about to have to make it flip and okay, give me a third. But uh, I was talking to Benji Hicks a couple weeks ago, and he was like, nah, I want to get out there because him with his chassis company now, he's like just making up excuses to be able to get to certain tracks uh, and saying he can get notes to be able to make his cars better. And he's like, I don't know. I might make it out to Fairbury this year. And uh, if I do, I better see you there with one of my fat heads in the grandstands. And I was like, I got you, Benji. I will. I'll make it up to Illinois oh, somehow. I've I've been to I don't know if you've heard of I seventy five up in Tennessee. That seems like a pretty cool track to race at. I was I was up there with a, a buddy of mine, Ross Bells, mm-hmm. when he, he almost won that one, uh ended up finishing second. But if that's about the closest track I could see to maybe us having a race there in the Thunder Bomber, uh whether the rules match up or not, I don't know. Yeah. But I I wish we could take my car up to Fairbury. That'd you know, once awesome. you brought that up. Just any car, any like dream car, like a super late model or even hopping at a 410 or something like that, any of that would ever be a dream. I know it'd be very hard uh, monetarily wise, but anything would be just awesome to sit in at one time and rip a couple laps. Uh, well, I'd love to say sprint car. My girlfriend has, um, pretty much threw that out of the, <laughs> through the future. She said those are too dangerous. So uh, I guess I'll have to say a super. Okay. How, about we, my, get, how about we get you in a midget for the chili bowl? Well, see, she said no to that too. I told her I wanted to run the chili bowl and she said no. I feel like we can do some negotiating down, yeah. down the road. We'll put a doing negotiate. I tell her she, uh, she gets to spend a week up in, up at the chili bowl and, have fun and i get to race and everybody goes home happy yeah you get to race two nights maybe not may and maybe advance out of like the l main and we'll see how it yeah. goes from there <laughs> i don't know yeah. there's a guy this year that made it from like the n to the f or something like that something crazy i remember keeping up with that throughout the day just kind of saying oh that guy's still alive he's still i can't remember his name the only 
only uh, guy I really remember is becoming like a Chili Bowl legend this past year was Hank Davis. He was kind of like the local Oklahoma guy that won the prelim night on Tuesday, I think. Came out of nowhere. Yep. That was when uh, that was when Buddy Kofoy tried to ride the wall and broke his uh, <laughs> suspension, broke his tie rod or something. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about indoor races, and another track that I'd really like to they go don't. to is Dirt in December. Mm-hmm. Now, if they if they ended up somehow getting street stocks on the schedule up there, I'd I'd go buy some tires real quick and and get me a motor from my motor guy that he's got laying around and go up there and run it. They had a little bit of traction about trying to negotiate with uh, Kelly and everybody that runs uh, the Dirt in December at the Dome, and they just needed a, a huge amount of money to be able to put into it. And it's just hard to fit into there with all the late model uh, big haulers, the toters that are going to have to fit in there. Same thing with the modifieds. Uh, I think that's the reason why the midgets are not in there anymore, which it was cool. I loved all three divisions, even though it made a long event even longer, it felt like, but that's also a dream event for me just even get up there as a fan. Uh, it, it seems like there's just, especially in the up, upper echelon of racing in, in, on dirt, there's just no off-season at all. Uh, my girlfriend was asking me about that. She was like, when's the off-season for these guys? I'm like, well, if you're a full-time uh, late model guy, you get off, I don't know, from second week of December until first week of January. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing. My girlfriend asked me, she... Around the end of January, she was like, "When I'm ready for race season to be here." But we about we run from the middle of February to the week before Thanksgiving, and about about the end of that, she's she's ready to be done with it. And you know, I'm I'm like I can race 365 days a year, but if the money made sense with it and the tracks were running every night. Yeah, yeah. If, if if we could get somewhere to run all year long, I'd be there every week. And it's That's, crazy how back in the day they were able to run four or five nights a week at just different tracks. They all kind of cooperate and be like, "Okay, I'll run on Thursday if y'all run on Friday." And they would run like Wednesday through Sunday every week. Like, uh, I believe Dell Jr. was talking about his grandpa Ralph. He would drive. Uh, he would race somewhere around Charlotte area on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, drive down to Columbia for Columbia Speedway and then be up at Metrolina and a couple out of those tracks Friday, Saturday. And that just seems like the dream to me back then. <laughs> I know the driving back then was even worse because less interstates, but like yeah. being able to have a place to go every single night seemed like something amazing. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's one thing that tracks are missing nowadays and is just cooperating with each other. Like you take a Friday night and a Saturday night track and and put them together and say, you know, if you finish an average of top five, top 10 between these two tracks in a weekend, you get like extra hundred dollars or, you know, something to make, make people want to run two nights a week. Exactly. I think that's why some of these tracks are struggling is just not working with each other, whether it be rules or they're, they're, they're missing a lot of opportunities with, with a lot of different things that they can do to, benefit the racers and stuff a little bit more into running their tracks on certain nights. I agree. And I, I think, I don't know. I know it's a little touchy, especially more down here in the South. Uh, people like to go to church still on their Sundays and stuff, but I feel like even Sunday early afternoon, Sunday shows could work in certain instances for bigger shows like a March Madness did for some of those bigger events. 
And yeah, a lot of those places are missing opportunities. Like there's tracks that you kind of see as like sister tracks where they kind of run similar kind of based off of each other, like a, like a Lancaster with a Carolina or a Carolina with a East Lincoln. Like they run a lot of the same stuff and then you try to go track to track and then they have random stuff. They'll like hold you up like a rules or like a, their schedules will mix. Like uh, with the late model series here in June, I think it's the 24th. Ultimate's going to be running the same night as Clash in South Carolina. Uh, Ultimate's going to be at Sumter, and then Clash will be at Lakeview, which is about a little over an hour from each other. And those tracks get, they use some of the same officials and people that work at both. So you're spreading out people working at tracks. Uh, you're spreading out cars in a region that already averages about 20-ish for a regional late model series for both, depending on the night. And mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like some of these things are avoidable, especially when one uh, some of the series get their stuff settled and ordered really early into the off season. Some um wait really long. It feels like. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know too much about the logistics and the planning of the super series and stuff, and you know where where they'll be the next line after they race those races or anything. But you know, looking at it from the outside in. It, it would that's a missed opportunity and hey run here friday night run here saturday night give a bonus to the highest finishing average person you know but there could have been something else going into it where the logistics of it just wouldn't allow them to do that or mm-hmm. what i just didn't want to work got you know looking from the outside in it's hard to it's hard to actually gauge what's going on yeah it, it's, it, it's hard easy to say that you know you should have done this or you could have done this but it's easy to do that like couch quarterback type part of it where you can only see the outside but you unless you're inside working for either of those series or it could be even track track related that type of stuff you can't really understand the full picture unless you're in it and so you kind of have to give them a little bit of grace and patience in some instances where I imagine a ultimate didn't want to run the same night as the other series it, clash is an hour away, but that's just how it had to work with how the tracks have openings and how mm-hmm. other stuff lined up, especially uh, ultimate and en- is ending up doing a double header that weekend with SEDRA now with uh, Sumter Speedway because of Kelly owning SEDRA and running it and him still being series director for uh, ultimate involvement run SEDRA, all that stuff, but he, he's able to make that work cause that's all him, but that's still hard to get some of those series to still combine at different tracks. Um, like when they do a lot of those memorial races at like Harris and, uh, Lawrence County, they try to combine a couple of series and it just ends up not working. Now I wish yeah. I would more and just make more events and get more eyes on everybody across all divisions. Mm-hmm. And just like you could take, Lancaster, Carolina, and Gaffney, and run them all three on the same night, pay the same, and you'll still, you'll get, you know, just say there's 10 local per- people at each track, mm-hmm. those 10 people will still be there either way. That's why, you know, working with each other and everything and trying to get something going on Fridays and Saturday nights and get those 10 cars from Lancaster to Carolina on Friday night and having a 20 car count or, I mean, I don't know about most people, but I run the same gear at Carolina and Gaffney. Yeah, so I can see that. So for me to go from Carolina to Gaffney is just 
washing the tires and putting them back on and running the next night. And hopefully you don't tear anything up at Carolina Friday. Yeah. And, but for me to go to Lancaster, I got to change the gear and change a couple more things to be able to go down there and run. And there's really nothing down there that makes it, you know, worth my while to go for because mm-hmm. I can go to Gaffney on Friday, on Saturday night for a, a higher payout and all that, all that stuff. Uh, you're right about that. So, uh, your family and uh, a lot of stuff you do is in, involved in racing, like uh, Jacob. So Jacob's your brother, right? Or uh, right. He, right, he's my brother. Uh, how's his uh, season been so far? I think I've seen him <laughs> run pretty well when he's been uh, too. He won his first race out back in February at Gaffney, um, and then he finished, I think, right in the top five almost in every race that he's ran since then. But at Harris, probably about a month ago, he uh, not front flip off the car, long story short. He had a flat tire. I guess somebody didn't see him and hit him in the back and knocked him into the wall. So he's been off since then. And he was supposed to race this past weekend and had an issue with the motor where the old pan, it actually broke the motor mounts when he wrecked. So the motor fell down and hit the old pan yeah. and knocked the baffle into the crank. So when he crunked it up, the crank was hitting the baffle and sounded like it was knocking. So I think tonight we're actually going to be changing, changing that oil pan and putting another one on so he can go racing this weekend. Where are you guys planning to be this weekend? Uh, Carolina and Gaffney. And, and unless we have a shootout race or somewhere's paying some good money, uh, weekly we'll be at Carolina and Gaffney. Okay. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, you got any sponsors, anybody to help you out you want to thank before we get out of here? Definitely. Um, I got to thank first and foremost, my, my mom for all she does, Faith Thunderbird Realty. She, uh, she does a lot of stuff for us. And if it wasn't for her, we, I probably wouldn't be racing. And, uh, same thing for Kyle Stover at KS Trenchco, uh, CMG Home Loans, Kaiser Mechanical Services, Blood Lubricants, Atkins Home Inspections, Freeman's Fence, Carolina Roof and Pros, uh, Dim Nuts, Bull Peanuts, Deal One Auto Sales, uh, my motor man uh, for letting me run his motor so far this year, Dirty Power Racing Engines, uh, Joey at J&J Towing and Recycling, uh, Full Throttle Chassis and Fab, and uh, Rick West Grading. Awesome, Hunter. So I appreciate you. We have, uh, what we're we have say. help us out through the year, and if it wasn't for them, we, we wouldn't be able to do this every single weekend for – what nine months out of the year well man i appreciate you coming on the show tonight nice to learn uh, learn a little bit about you and uh good luck for the rest of the season i'll see you at the track down the road yes sir again i appreciate it yeah no problem have a good one hope you guys enjoyed the interview with hunter awesome to learn a little bit more about him you can go check him out on facebook hunter funderburk you can go check him out on the track carolina Carolina Speedway on Fridays, Saturdays. I bet he also has some other social media. He has a good My Race Pass profile. Get to learn a little bit facts about him on there. But next part of the episode, we'll be talking to Michael Schmel. Uh, a little bit of his background. He grew up as a NASCAR fan. Uh, he's one of my best friends. I've known him for over a decade. Uh, I go up to Pittsburgh every year for the Firecracker. I'll be doing that in about three weeks. Uh, he is a huge late model sprint car guy. I would say he's probably a little bit more of a sprint car guy than. Limo guy at this point, uh, his favorite drivers are Tim McCready, Bobby Pierce, David Gravel, and NASCAR. It was Jeff Gordon. Now it's Kyle Larson. 
he's just a big motorsports fan. He also likes all types of sport. He's a good dude. He goes to California University of Pennsylvania. He's a frat boy there uh, uh, at, in Acacia. Uh, he, he's just an overall good dude, one of my best friends. I appreciate him a lot coming on and uh, going to cover the race for me this weekend. And, yeah, let's hear what he has to say. Earlier in the week, we had Kyle Jinks from Front Wheel Drive Friday join us to talk about the SCDRA. 12 or 15,000 a win feature depending on their car counts at the historic 100 at West Virginia Motor Speedway this upcoming weekend. If you want to hear that conversation, go back to the episode that came out on Monday. But today, I'm going to be going over the Lucas Oil late models. They're going to be at the historic 100 going for $50,000. With me is going to be my buddy Michael. He's going to be making the trip covering it for me uh, the best he can with the Lucas guidelines and stuff they have. Uh, Michael Schmel, how you doing, bud? Good. How you doing? Good. Nice, uh, nice to be back finally. Yeah, I know it's been a little while. We had you for yeah. the. Uh, had you going over our schedules? I, I, I was all there at the beginning, and then like, you got two big times and stuff, and I was all gone. Michael, I'm t- big time schmig time. I, I I am not big time. I shit's just been busy. Yeah, I've been trying to do a bunch of shit with this. It's. It's been a while, but yeah. the, the the doing which on dirt people are going to be seeing a bunch of you over the next uh, yeah, month yeah, and yeah, a half. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be here a lot this summer. So I'll be uh I'll be posting a lot uh post a lot of stuff you'll be doing at West Virginia, and I'll go over a little bit of what you got to do with that, uh, based off of what I've heard. Uh, and then I'll see you three weeks later at the Firecracker. I'll be up there fr- Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And then three weeks after that, we'll be at Eldora for the Million and the King's Royal and all the shenanigans and random skits and shit we're planning for that. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, so we can go over the good old Show Me 100 that happened last night and when I was snoring halfway through on the mic. But what did you think of that feature and ultimately what happened with the disqualification of Ricky Thornton Jr.? Um, I thought it was... Really interesting feature. Um, a lot of events, kind of very long feature, almost an hour and a half, I maybe a little bit of an hour and a half. half. Um, yeah, really, for all the dab for was king of the crop there. But um, Ricky, Ricky was always there, battling and fighting him. They had a good battle there for a couple of weeks, and then I think collapsed, and um, Davenport got lost cylinder. I'm pretty sure. It really ruined his race there. Um, however, as we all know, Ricky Thornton Jr. did not win that race. Dev Moran somehow did after he junked Brandon Overton coming to the front stretch. Yeah. I, 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 I like Dev Moran, but with, with what he did to Overton, I didn't want him to get that win with the disqualification or for him to see, win The group rules just pointless, even especially after what King said yesterday when they had a mechanical failure on the chain and under left rear, I believe it was. And I, I could be mistaken, but I think the difference was five eighths of an inch. It was three eighths. Three eighths, excuse me. They get, yeah, they get to lose 50 grand over that. That's kind of bullshit. Uh, I'll, I'll go over a little bit more in detail based off a, a tweet I saw from Bobby Pierce. Bobby was not there. He was at Sharon with the Outlaws. Shout out Chris Madden, uh, Smokey, South Carolina boy, getting them wins for the Carolina boys. But uh, pretty much the rule, how I understand with it, is if you did not have that rule, people would be six inches or higher running above, and it would be a bigger advantage, and 
he believes that the racing is better with it, trying to keep people in a tighter bubble and stuff like that. I don't understand it fully, but the rule is you can be 60 inches and you get an inch, inch of leeway. And he was 61 and three eighths, which that means he was three eighths of an inch over the inch allowance they give you. And Bobby suggested that you should be given an extra inch based on track conditions or just have it be two inches all around just I, I, I think for stuff what, like that. They have it is it needs to be more lenient if they're gonna keep it. Yeah. Especially because stuff happens there in a race or, or, or even chuck it before the race for crying out loud. Yeah. Um People were suggesting that too, and Ricky said people would just get innovative and mess with it, and they'd get outside the box and just exploit it, even if they did it before the race. Like they ran all all the cars through that tech shed. Like that was the last thing I saw last night. Like honestly, I woke up this morning and didn't know he was disqualified. I wake up, see it, and I was so pissed. I, I turned the Xbox off, went to bed. Right, so I'm going to tech shed. Like oh no no, they're good. It is all good. And then Ricky got thrown out. And Ricky's one of my favorite guys uh, in the pits. He's been awesome to us. I have a piece of Ricky sheet metal I still need to get from Michael's house. Uh, well, in a few weeks, I had to leave up there because I flew last year, but I'll be driving this time. But uh, shout out to Demarin for him getting the victory. Shout out to our uh, friend of the show, Chris Ferguson, getting, I believe he finished fourth. Uh, good show from him after winning it last year and uh, running with the big events that he has been so far, he hasn't really put up a lot of great results like he's been wanting to with his new Longhorn and uh, Rocket and whatever chassis he's been running. I'm not too sure if he was running a Longhorn this past weekend because he was in his older car. But uh, Chris, he's just going to be aiming for them. fourth, by the way. Chris was fourth. My. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the Historic 100. Uh, I believe Jonathan Davenport won this event last year. And, yeah, uh, West Virginia's a big, long track with a huge straightaway, as I was talking about with Kyle. Uh, that might try to deter some of the uh, smaller car guys, like the front-wheel drives or the sport mods they're going to be having. But for late models, that's going to be no big deal. For that, they're going to be doing – it's going to be a very standard show that you see around for a two-day show where they're going to run just a regular 30-lap feature uh, on the Friday. Probably be five ten thousand 10,000 a win, if I had to guess. What? 10,000. 10,000. And then Saturday, we go re rack them, stack them. It's not going to be any transfer over points or anything, I believe, like a firecracker or a show me or something like that. No, and just a restack. What? Just a restack. You're just going to re go through it. Like yeah. nothing from oh, Friday's oh, oh, transfer. Two, two, two separate programs. Yeah, two separate. Where, not, where Friday won't affect your Saturday. And so I like that sometimes I, I like how uh, I, I like keeping it for some of the big, big events or certain events that have that history of it. Um, having it transferred over through the weekend. I think it's nice to have. It's, it's different. So it's not everything is always the same every week. So, yeah, it, it kind of gets mundane with that, especially throughout speed weeks when it's a new event every single night, like when they go through East Bay and Volusia and all that every night. Um, yeah, I think West Virginia is going to be a good show. I thank Michael for going out there uh, getting some stuff for me. For Lucas, based off of what I know with what you're able to cover, you cannot take any photos of cars on track. You cannot take any photos or videos of the cars on track or Lucas will get on your ass and sue. 
Interesting. You have to take photos in the pits or in Victory Lane and stuff. <laughs> if it is on that clay, if it is on that dirt, you are getting a suit like you're like you're Brett Favre with Pat McAfee. You will. <laughs> but and that's kind of annoying. I honestly think about I didn't really realize that with Jack when he was up in Illinois and Iowa covering those races. But he didn't get any photos or videos really on track besides like um, he was able to uh, the flow night stuff because he was more credentialed with them. And even when you're credentialed, they don't like you to do stuff because they have their own uh, their own specific photographers and people. their social media people that do that. Um, I feel like any notoriety, any publicity for what you're pushing especially in dirt track racing is so niche i feel like anything you can get out there is helpful that's why i try to do it even for the smaller shows down here in the southeast like there's not going to be anybody else that's covering a 4,001 thunder bomber race at lawrence county yeah but if i wasn't there there wouldn't have been that big clip that blew up of the of Madison Hooch trying to take out Benji Knight and end up flipping himself while not even driving his own car. He was driving Tyler Geis's car. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like, I feel like any notoriety, anything you're able to get out there to promote something is helpful. Um, yeah, I really think all these series, tracks, the name that you called, they're getting so strict with. Yeah. And I, under, yeah. I understand the side of it. I, I understand the side of it. Here. I understand both sides of the coin, I guess, if you want to say that. But, uh, yeah, uh, not too much else to say, but it's going to be a good show. Uh, they just brought back West Virginia over the past like year, year and a half. That place was like a Wilkesboro, and then they bring it back, and I believe they had some track troubles last year, and it ended up not being that great of a on-track show, I believe so. Uh, Davenport just dominated from what I remember. It was like a year ago, so it's hard to remember some of those that you're not at. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be a good event. I think the front-wheel drivers will put on a great show because they're hoping to get 100 cars. If they get 100 cars, the purse is going to go from 12000 to 15000 which is, I think, the second biggest front-wheel drive payday of the year it will be, besides the winter freeze back in February. That was 19. It's going to be twenty k this upcoming year. Uh I think it'll be fun. Uh, but, Michael, you were at Lernerville a few weeks ago for the ULMS late models and they had their sprint cars and stuff. How, how was Lernerville this year, just to prep me for in a couple weeks? Um, it was same good. Old, same um, old, same old? Same old, same old. Again, it's a great facility. Um, I'm going to complain about sometimes because of some of the prices, but I make the living. Um. um Trying to think of any really upgrades. Only, again, only, only, only big major upgrade there this year is getting the jumbotron put up. But where is the jumbotron located? Infield. Yeah, it's in the infield. So, because I'm just used to them having the World of Outlaw one from the first two years I was there. That's that's the big thing that's added. Nothing. What about, any... the, what about the flat area in turn one and two for the cars and uh, RVs and campers and stuff? So that's been a extended a little bit from last year again last year you to park your car but um it's a nice little area out there again i went out there when i was there and it was pretty neat to see different perspectives there i'm using you see on the front tracks here being the pits so it was nice to see something new for a change so 
our, our usual two spots, if you're going to find us at Lernerville, you were either going to be at the top of the pit grandstands in turn four, which is probably my favorite spot, or we're going to be a little bit past the start-finish line in the grandstands. I can't think which section that is. but uh, Just really closer to turn one. Yeah, a little bit closer to turn one past the start-finish line. But you guys will know when we're there. You know, we probably won't be posting as much because we don't want to get the Sarver police on us for posting videos of – uh, cars on track and getting thrown out by the Lernerville police. But <laughs> everybody knew about that whole fiasco that happened like a month or two ago. And it was featured on Dirt Tracker and all that stuff. Um, yeah, after that, like I said, we'll be at the Firecracker raising, raising hell, doing our normal stuff. It'll be my fourth year in a row at the Firecracker. My first one was 2020 when Max Blair spun out Brand Overton on the Thursday night feature. Brand Shepard, and then Shepard dominated the other one, and then Dillard dominated the 50-lap feature. It was supposed to be 100, but they got it broadcast. They're trying to have it broadcast live to CBS, and it ended up not even being broadcast live because uh, there was a rain delay and push stuff back, and it missed their time slot, which was absolutely bullshit. What? It was such a mess, mess that year. It was. It, I remember us sitting in the rain, going back to the car before the before the event, and then they also had to do like the temperature test and that type of stuff because it was during the COVID era. It, it, it was a mess. Two point seven or yeah, three. I was, I was not. They first checked my temperature that Thursday or Friday, and it was like ninety two eight. I'm like, I know I'm cool as a cucumber most of the time, but I ain't that cold. But, uh, yeah, no, what, what's some cool stuff we got cooking up for the million going down the road? That's a great question. What do you have cooked up? I was thinking about doing some Doom Witch on the Street type stuff where we just start talking to random fans, asking them random questions, who they think is going to win, what's their favorite drinks, that type of stuff. Uh, huh. Maybe, uh, maybe make up some, uh, get some trivia questions. Uh, oh, there's, there's, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of content. And we'll have some shot. We'll we'll invite some fans over to our camp area, do some shotgun contest, BYOB, obviously. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're too we're too broke to. <laughs> tell me, about it. I'm the one that just moved in, and you're you just got you're in the process of in and out moving from college and your house in Pittsburgh and all that stuff. You're seems like you're moving every couple of months at this point. <laughs> Seems like it sometimes. Yeah, and that's how I'm feeling here. By the time we're gonna finally get settled, I'm gonna be ready to get out of this place, and then it's just an ever-moving process. But that's life. What you gonna do? Um, trying to think what I'm gonna be doing this weekend. I think it's only a couple of. I think it's just weekly shows. East Lincoln, a couple, uh, Carolina. Uh, the only of my featured series shows that's gonna be happening is. Good old ultimate super late models. They're gonna be up at Halifax for five thousand to win. That's just too far for me. It's about four hours, four and a half. I'm not gonna make it up there for that, unless I somehow get a ride all the way or somebody I carpool somebody. That's not looking like that's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I, I see Halifax as a track. It's just hard for me to get up to in general. And yeah, same thing with Dixieland. Even though a lot of my friends and homies live. 45 minutes to an hour from it uh, near the Outer Banks. 
trying to think of other tracks it's hard for me to get to tri county but i would love to make it up there for the flow night in america in october i've talked about that multiple times uh sonoya sonoya is kind of a weird one but i see myself getting to sonoya this year any any tracks are kind of out kind of i know you have so many in your pittsburgh uh pennsylvania area uh, but is there any uh, that are just a little bit of a stretch for you to do for like a one day that you that i want to go to mm-hmm I know Williams Grove is kind of a stretch for you in a one day, but you make it happen. Um, it's Williams Grove. I mean, ideally the track I want to do this year is Port Royal, but I really don't call it, count that as a stretch. Yeah, I really it's don't. only like an hour and a half. I'll be, I'll be hour, getting so. up in a, no matter what this year, but I don't know what series or what car. It's be something. I guess a track that's kind of far out for a one day. Like, that's kind of tough. Maybe Fairbury. Damn, how long is Fairbury for you? Five? Ten? Like eight hours. Eight? Yeah, no, I definitely call that stretch. Fairbury's like 15 for me. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely want to. If I do, I'm definitely going to do that trip with Jack and have you meet us out there because Jack was telling me about his trips out there and he, he had so much fun. He, I, I asked him, I was like, dude, like, how how are you able to afford like staying at hotels and stuff all the time? He's like, oh, I got family up there. I'm like, that's why it was so easy. No no shit, why you're able to stay up there for like two weeks. Um, cut this out. The feature is about to start for the all the stars. So. Okay. That's about seventeen ten. Okay, but uh, yeah. Uh, what other racing we got coming up this weekend besides that? And in the big racing land, World of Outlaws. Let me see where they're gonna be at. Like I said, uh, SCDRA Northeast is going to be... I don't even know where they're at. Is that a great question? Yeah, that's why I'm searching up right now. But, yeah, like I said, what about... Or not what about us. The SCDRA Northeast will be up there, and the week after, the big SCDRA will be down at I-75 in Tennessee. Here we got Farmer City and River Cities and Tri-City. And Paducah. Yeah, so Thursday will be Farmer City. Friday, Tri-City Speedway, and then Saturday, they will be at Paducah International in Kentucky, which that's the first time I've seen that track on the schedule in a while. And Paducah is a legendary track, to my knowledge. Let me see exactly where they're all going to be at. Yep, so Farm City, Illinois. Farm City always puts on some good shows. Uh, the Farm City 74 a few weeks ago was really good. It got postponed to a Monday Tri-City Outlaw Showdown, Granite City, and then Paducah Showdown. Let's see how much these races are to win. They're probably all 10, if I had to guess. Uh, 15 at Paducah. Uh, Tri-City, probably 10? Yeah. 12. And then Farmer City. I mean, City. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Farmer City. They didn't deserve that. 10,000 for Farmer City, so... Going up a little bit through the weekend. Uh, I'll just go through them for the next couple weeks. They'll be at, uh, they have a couple weeks off, and then Firecracker weekend. They'll be at 81 Speedway for the Wichita Late Model Showdown, and then that Sunday they'll be at Off Road. They they have some big XR shows coming up. They'll be in Norfolk, Nebraska, and then Mason City Motor Speedway in Iowa. I've never heard of this track. Have you? I have not. And then Red River Valley, that's a good ass track. And then River Cities, which everybody knows River Cities for that uh last lap Larson had a couple years ago on on uh who was that on Mesita or Shuhart? Shuhart. Yes. When Larson did that legendary cut down in three and four. 
Yes. God, that was legendary. Uh, Michael, you got anybody to sh- uh, shout out or anything to anything more you want to talk about before we get out of here? Not really right now at the moment. Again, thanks for having me. Yeah, shout out Patty. Shout out Thomas. Happy birthday, Thomas. Yes, happy birthday, Thomas. Happy, happy belated birthday to our boy Thomas. We're going to be getting some content with him at Eldora. He's Michael's dad. He's a fucking legend. Love yes. that guy. But uh, shout out Front Wheel Drive Friday for coming on the show uh, earlier in the week. Shout out Kyle for supporting me in the podcast. And yeah, uh, I'm going to go over what more local racing can be on after this, this weekend. And uh, thanks for Michael for coming on. Thank you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed my talk with Michael previewing Lucas Dirt at West Virginia. He's also going to be getting a little bit of SEDRA stuff. But appreciate him coming on. Like I said before, he's one of my best friends. I've known him for, for a decade, pretty much. First met on Xbox, if you believe that. Uh, ended up hanging out in real life uh, a little over three years ago. Uh, just one of my best friends. I appreciate the hell out of him coming on the podcast. If you want to find him on social medias or some of the stuff he'll be posting, his Twitter is M underscore Schmel2. And his Instagram is Michael underscore 21 or 20, excuse me, 2421. Uh, go check out his stuff. Give him some love. Uh, awesome dude. Uh, except for the time I back to my uh, five guys parking lot. Yeah, we don't need to explain it. But <laughs> going to get into what we got coming on this weekend at our local dirt tracks. Carolina Speedway will be in action Friday night. They're going to be having the Lightning Late Models, Super Sportsman, Thunder Sportsman, Faith Thunderbrook Realty, Thunder Bombers, Pro 4 Hornets, and they're going to have twin Ford Outlaw Mains. Gates open at 5, racing 8, admission 30 bucks for pits and 15 for the stands. Let's jump over to East Lincoln. They're going to be having the Mod Lights on the docket for the first time ever. They're also going to be having the Pure Stock V8 slash Crown Vic division. It's going to have $500 for a new winner, $300 if you've won before. Pro 4 is going to be running for $700. Let's hope our boy Cody can get that. They're also going to be having kids' bike races and an auction for the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Other divisions on tap is going to be the Front Wheel Drives, Thunder Bombers, Renegades, LS Sprints, and the Next Gen Kids. Uh, if I'm going to be making it to any race this weekend, it's going to be up to East Lincoln. I haven't been there this year. I would enjoy to. Uh, there's also Blue Ridge at Lancaster. I would like to make it to. Their gates are going to, for East Lincoln, their gates will open at 3 p.m. Drivers meet in 5. 5.15 will be hot laps and then invocation and the heat racing to follow. Grandstands 15, kids 10 and under free, pits 30. And if you still have your armband from the rain out uh, two, three weeks ago because they just haven't been able to race, you can still use it. And also, Pro Force will also be running at Harris for 500 to win during their senior night. I believe you did get a discount if you're a graduating senior of the class of 23. Congrats to all the seniors. No matter if it's high school, college, community college, jail, I don't care. Congrats. <laughs> Accomplishment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's see what else we got. We got Cherokee Speedway on tap as well. They will be running Saturday night. Let's jump through everything they got. They'll be having their weekly divisions. Plus, the Mid-East Modifieds, they are going to be running for 1000 to win. Cleveland Transmission Service Street Stocks for 750 The Faith Thunderbird Realty Renegade Sportsman's for 600 J&H Tree Service Thunder Bombers 500 Terry Worley Pure Stocks for 50 Southern, oh, Southern Vintage Car Series 400 The Smoking Mountain Boys Extreme 4 are going to be 350 to win. And Lynx Enterprises Crown Vix 250 
A mission will be 30 bucks for the pits, 15 for a stand. You get five bucks off here if you're a veteran, and thank you. And kids 12 and under are free. It's going to be pits open at 4.30, gates 5, hot lap 7.15. Pretty good lineup there. And as well, the only series on tap I have besides an SEDRA Northeast, we already talked about that, 12 or 15,000 to win uh, up at West Virginia will be the ultimate super late model series, getting their third round of the season underway at Halifax County Motor Speedway in Littleton, North Carolina. And that, that place is a little out there, but if you can make it there, get up there, go support them. Uh, good season so far. Wins by Ben Watkins and Christian Thomas. Yeah, I'm, man, that was already like three, four weeks ago, but uh, we had a lot happen since then, but can't wait to see those guys back on track. Uh, if you need to keep up with it live, they will have their lifetime and scoring and results on my race pass. I, that, that trip was too far for me, especially me working that morning. I hate it. I want to. I want to make it in almost all the races. That's, it's a trip. I'm being honest, <laughs> and yeah. But there's gonna be some people out there uh, getting some results and that type of stuff. We'll be able to keep up at least on race pass. And then let me take a quick glance to see what we have the week after. Obviously, SCDRA is gonna be at I-75. Yeah. Obviously, I have a weekly show at Carolina, weekly show at East Lincoln and Cherokee. And then nothing from Clash, nothing from SCJRA, uh, nothing from Carolina Sprint Tour. Carolina Sprint Tour, they have a few races coming up in June. They're going to be visiting a couple new tracks in the upcoming weeks. I'm just going to get that corrected real quick. Yeah, they will be at... Tri-County Speedway on the 23rd of June, so in a few weeks, about three weeks from now. And then they'll be at Tacoa in Georgia on the 24th. They were originally supposed to be there this past weekend on the Sunday or Monday after um, of Memorial Day weekend. But uh, they ended up getting moved back a little bit. I think that's going to work a little bit better with Tri-County. Uh, I will unfortunately be out of town that we can go to the Firecracker. And then another track they're adding down in July. I talked to, you've heard me talk about this a couple times with Sean uh, and a couple of the guys with Carolina Sprint Tour. They're going to be at Smoky Mountain for the first time. And Tennessee, that track has been newly reconfigured down to a 3.8, I believe, or a 4.10, 4 tenths of a mile. That's going to be an interesting one down the road. But I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Hunter and Michael. Uh, go follow them on all their social medias. Uh, go follow Doomwich on Dirt on all social medias, D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H on Dirt. And I hope you guys have a great week. Go check out some racing and stay safe. Love y'all.